Hey folks, this is Kevin Coons with SE Work Life Podcast. This month, as I mentioned, we're going to do storytelling. And I thought of something the other day. I was really trying to figure out what to do on the Tuesday. And it finally came to me. So I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with the show called Mad Men. But it's a phenomenal show, one of my favorites. And the reason is because it's truly about marketing and storytelling. They have this one pitch that they use called the carousel pitch. It's from season one. Obviously, there's some trademark material in here, so shh, don't tell anybody. But um, I think this is a, a great story. I'm going to let the story play out, and then we're going to run through the story again. And then after that story, what I like to do is uh, I, I did a little experiment with Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I know. It's not Kodak, carousel pitch. But I did some research on Chick-fil-A, and it's a, a brand that everyone recognizes and in some reason has a rela relationship that's religious in level. But I want to talk about how you can do some research, put together a story and a pitch that ultimately will allow you to sell a solution to solve some challenges or inflate or broadcast some opportunities, amplify the things that maybe Chick-fil-A does really well. And I'll use it as a means to show you how to work with your own customer base and try to look at it from a different angle. So here's the carousel pitch. It's actually a hell of a gadget. It's continuous, doesn't jam. They call it the donut, or the wheel. They're expecting something along those lines. Kodak reinvented the wheel. I've been hear that 10 <laughs> times. They actually want you to use the words research and development in the ads. <laughs> you could find a way to put the wheel in the future into something with some legs. It could make me look good my first month here. What you don't see here is he's actually looking at the slide that goes into this machine and trying to figure out how he can build a story around it. Next, he opens up a photo album of a series of photos. And he starts to ponder, well, this was the way, obviously, we used to look at photos. And what's the importance of photos, right? It tells a story. There's some history. And that's where he's going to pivot into the emotional part. Taylor. No Eastman's today, unfortunately. They're all back in the lab. It's a wonderful facility, but they don't take vacations. What do they show? Slides of them working? <laughs> so, have you figured out a way to work the wheel into it? We know it's hard because wheels aren't really seen as exciting technology, even though they are the original. Well, technology is a glittering lure, but uh, there's the rare occasion when the public can be engaged on a level beyond flash if they have a sentimental bond with the product. My first job, I was in-house at a fur company with this old pro copywriter, Greek, named Teddy. And Teddy told me the most important idea in advertising is new. It creates an itch. You simply put your product in there as a kind of calamine lotion. We also talked about a deeper bond with the product. Nostalgia. It's delicate, but potent.
Teddy told me that in Greek, nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. It's a twinge in your heart, far more powerful than memory alone. So he's switching through and pictures of when he was in a, a spaceship. It's a time machine. Backwards, forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. travel the way a child travels, round and around, back home again. To a place where we know we are loved. So he ends the carousel with an advertisement, but the last slide he shows is him and his wife and the emotional silence of his presentation. If you noticed how he was very direct about making sure he had some pauses within his presentation. The executives in the room are actually crying. That's the kind of impact he left. Now, obviously, this is a movie or a show. Good luck at your next meeting. <laughs> Drop mic moment. Yeah, good luck. The carousel. So from that point forward, the carousel was born, right? Not the wheel. And it was very interesting in the beginning how, you know, the, the executives came in and talked about the wheel and uh, the features of the particular technology. And they wanted to make sure they put the lab and the engineers in the advertisement in some fashion. And they forgot about what they were doing was they're trying to sell a product that has a level of emotion to it. Guess what? Every single thing we sell in tech specifically has some level of emotional contact, whether it is to, you know, increasing revenue, sure. But what does increasing revenue do? Does it help build the business, increase stockholder wealth, and you know, secure your job. I mean, there's a lot of factors behind it. So the story, which had the beginning, middle, and end, a villain and a hero, you know, in that situation, the, the beginning of it was to set the stage for the audience that this is not a wheel, this is a time machine. And it got people to think as he was going through the slides there were pictures of him having, you know, his first child, uh, his grandparents when they were on the beach. You know, these are the emotional connections to the audience in particular because they're humans buying this technology, right? So you have to get to that emotional fortitude. No different than the last podcast I had where I talked about Doug Dietz and the MRI machine and how amazing that was, right? Um, the villain here was time. The hero is the carousel from Kodak, the opportunity to see the 
the images. The aha moment was the emotional connection. And that's what we need to do in our presentations. We need to go back and take a look at. Now, granted, I'm not suggesting you go to this dramatic level, but there was a lot of things in this presentation. You had a prop, which was the actual machine. You had a great storyline. You had executives that really are human beings, but they were executives in the room in the beginning, and they left as human beings. So they made an emotional connection to the audience. And you, you need to make it memorable. Remember the steps to rock the stage. It has to be memorable. That was a memorable presentation. And I love the guy at the end, the sales execs, like, yeah, good luck on the next meeting with Salesforce, right? Drop the mic moment. <clears throat> so with that, let's talk a little bit about how to build something of this nature. So what you didn't see in the, the YouTube uh, presentation, and I highly recommend you watch it, it's a quick four minutes um, and it's impactful. He did his research, pondered the idea. He just didn't go in this with what was told to him. You know, work the wheel into this. Who gives a shit about a wheel? Um, so he did his research. He figured it out. And he brought to light the real value of the tech. It wasn't the tech. It was the time machine aspect. So when we look at our products, and it could be anything. Let, let's take a couple. Um, ServiceNow. Great piece of technology. Uh, you know, the... CEO of Snowflake ran that organization, and he did a phenomenal job. What what did they sell? Well, they sold service. Now it was a customer satisfaction, customer support tool, and it was you know one of the best, if not the best, on the market. Was it because of the technology? Well, yeah, the technology did it, but it was its anticipation and the ability. So when you contacted a, a call center, the phone number you used would map to a data record to allow the understanding that you were part of a you know existing customer base they treated you like the ritz carlton by first name and last name they treated you with respect did they do it on intentionally well sort of the technology guided them that way and allowed customers to realize that the brand was a very valuable brand so the tech was an enabler of the actual relationship and that's ultimately what you're trying to do so when you sell service now you're not selling features, advantages, and benefits. You're selling the idea that your net promoter score at the brand that you install this piece of technology is going to increase. Your advocacy rates are going to increase. Your, your revenue is going to increase based on customer SAT scores. Your word of mouth will increase and drive more revenue. These are all the impacts of the technology, not the wheel. So one of the best people I've seen do this is Alex Dombrowski, and, and we're going to have him online. Alex, during my tenure at, at Oracle, he was a master at this. He would stand on a stage and present a story. Eventually, we called it Day in the Life, and it became part of a normal routine and presentation technique. What he would do is do his investigation. Before he went and presented, he would walk in the shoes of the customer. Actually, you know, one customer was Nintendo, for an example, and you know, he played the Nintendo games tough, tough job, right? Getting paid to do that. But he also understood what it meant to the children, what it meant to the parents. And as he walked through the relationships of these individuals who built friendships online, and in his presentation, he didn't talk about Nintendo, the machine. He, he talked about the impacts of the machine to 
the customer, the consumer in this case, was not just the child, but the adult in the, in the case to ensure that, you know, every adult wants to make sure their children is happy. Every adult wants to make sure their children grow and their friendships grow. So he positioned it more like a tool to build a relationship and friends instead of just a gaming station. And part of the storyline was to ensure that technology was incorporated to map back to the data that was coming out of the machines to properly target these individuals with information that they cared about. Because too often we would target customers, even knowing that they're already our customer, we try to sell them again. Why are you trying to sell me a Nintendo? I already own one. So the data side of the house, doing the research, walking in the steps of the customer, allowed Alex to present a journey, a story, the day in the life experience, and how Oracle's technology, marketing cloud, and social impacted that story in a positive way for not just the customer, but also for the business. And that that's really where you want to get to. And like I said, I'll have him online. He's fantastic. Uh, Margaret Lude, great at this. Uh, Dwayne Gimble, another great storyteller. And we, we have so many great storytellers, we've got to get online. However, I thought this example of Mad Men, and we used it during Oracle when we were at Oracle's tenure, during a show event, we did a whole thing. And I was reminded of this the other day when a, a picture came out with me as being part of the Mad Men experience. We did a whole video tour on it. Um, and it left a memorable relationship uh, with the sales folks in the room. Where I'd like to pivot to in this conversation is, okay, let's just take a wild experiment and let's look at Chick-fil-A. So last night, as I was thinking about how to present this, I said, okay, I know nothing about Chick-fil-A. So let me spend some time and research Chick-fil-A. First thing I did is, Everybody has a religious relationship with Chick-fil-A. And, and I had to say, well, there's got to be some negative news out there. There has to be some customer relationship challenge. So I just quickly did a Google search for Chick-fil-A, the horrible customer experience story. And here's the story that I found. In my search, I found this Atlanta Georgian person. I'll leave the name out of the conversation here. This was a review uh, done about say 2018 it looks like, so way before the pandemic. And she starts off, this complaint actually started at the Premier, Premier sorry, the Perimeter Mall location, which I've been to actually. I placed an order for my family. I walked through the mall and I hand full of bags and kids in tow. When we got to our car, I realized that our order was incomplete, incorrect, and cold. We were missing a chicken sandwich and six fried nuggets. They gave me grilled. I never had or heard of grilled nuggets. My options were to haul my kids and bags into the mall or to go to the drive-thru at the location located just outside the mall on Hammond Drive. At the speaker, I mentioned the errors made in the mall and asked if they could fix it, providing a missing chicken sandwich and six nuggets. I did not mention the cold fries. The employee said she had to check with her manager. This corporation does not empower its employees to make simple decisions. I ordered the replacement anyway and asked to speak to the manager after I made my payment. Jody came to the window with a rude demeanor. She explained to me that they are not affiliated with Chick-fil-A in the mall. Hmm, I get it. I'm a businesswoman. 
but as a customer, Chick-fil-A is a Chick-fil-A. I told her that. I was just trying to feed my family and that it would be a hassle to walk back through the mall with bags and kids in tow. She dismissed my position. She finally replaced my food after arguing with me and refunded me my $5.64. She then yelled to me that I need to let the other store know that the $5.64 is coming out of their pocket. This was horrible. Associate Chanel and a few others made fun of me and my family while I waited, stating that they didn't care because the $5.64 would not be coming out of their paycheck. I asked Chanel to stop speak to me, and she called me old lady. I'm 33. This was a great story. I mean, a horrible story for Chick-fil-A. Think about it. How many times have you been in that situation? You don't care about the fact that the Chick-fil-A outside the mall or the Chick-fil-A inside the mall is a different owner. At the end of the day, they're Chick-fil-A to you. That's the brand. And a really good brand at, at best. You would think, no problem, Mr. Cur Mrs. Customer. We'll take care of you. So sorry you had a problem. It's $5.64 for Christ's sakes. The experience clearly left such a tainted uh, situation with this one individual that she wrote this very compelling story. And as far, let's see what it says in this particular TripAdvisor report. And I'll put the link in there if you want. Um, she has over 150 thumbs up and about 53 reactions to this to this particular post. I'm not going to go through all the sub-reactions to the post. Okay, so you're a software provider. Let's say you're Oracle. Um, what would you do in this situation? You look at this, you're about to have a meeting with Chick-fil-A, a rather large brand, and I believe Oracle does sell some technology to them, or even Adobe for that matter. You start to pick apart this story. You're about to go into a meeting. So obviously you're going to walk into a line of business and you talk through this and you say, what was the moment that really mattered here for this particular journey? Obviously going through the experience of getting, you know, out of the mall, all happy and stuff, right? Got my food, I'm all excited, get into the car and wham, that's the first moment that matters. They got my order wrong. Oh my God, I got to drag my kids back through the mall in order to get this fixed. Well, wait a minute, I'm not going to do that. In her thinking, right? Chick-fil-A is Chick-fil-A. So she drove over to the storefront and approached the speaker within a drive-thru because clearly she doesn't want to take her kids out. What was the next moment that mattered? Next moment that mattered is like, oh, I, I don't know if I can help you um, because I have to talk to my manager. Oof, okay, here we go. One, that's the second one. And then the third one, which was probably the drop the mic moment. The corporation does not empower its employees, right? That's what she said. And the Jody, who came in a rude demeanor, so I can imagine, she explained, she explained, see, as a customer, don't explain anything to me. I'm your customer. Um, you take care of me. If you don't take care of me, I have the power of social media in order to make sure people do not you know, go to your facility. So <laughs> she explained, I can only imagine how that went. She explained to me that they are a different, not affiliated with the Chick-fil-A in the mall. Hmm. Interesting. Not affiliated with the Chick-fil-A in the mall. But I think for me, the big issue was the $5.64. And she then yelled to me that I needed to let the other store know that the five six was coming out of their pocket. Okay, that might have been the final straw. So you're a software company. How do you fix this? 
what was the thing that probably Chick-fil-A corporate should be realizing here? Do you think their systems are integrated? Hmm, I don't think so. Based on this, you know, they came in, could have had the receipt, would have been great to, you know, look it up and, you know, provide that information. But, hmm, do you think that would have been good too? It's like walking up and, uh, hey, can I see your receipt before I give you $5.64? No, that's not the right thing to do. Okay. How about empowering the employee to make that decision? Ooh, there's risks to that. How do I make sure they're not just giving free food away to, to individuals? Well, there's probably systems they can put in place for that. But wait, there are loyalty membership programs, right? Hey, Mr. Customer, no problem. Can I have your loyalty number? Can I see your app? Let me scan that. So sorry for the challenges. Two things occur now. If the app can scan in, the customer service side of the house could actually provide an update to the system. And if not that matter, if they use the loyalty over at the other mall, they could see the actual matter of record. None of that really matters because you have a bag of cold food that you can qualify and, and provide to them in the story, right? So, but the app would have been a, a pretty good connection point. Empowering the employee would be very valuable as part of an SOP. And there should be some customer experience training that goes on with the particular employee. In fact, that manager should be fired, in my opinion. So you present the story. You set the stage. Hey, Chick-fil-A, as you know, we're here today to provide a customer experience uh, scenario that we believe as an oracle with our marketing cloud and, and social solutions, along with our app development tools, we're going to be able to solve some challenges. Let me give you a day in a life experience for this young lady. We'll call her Tasha in Atlanta, Georgia. Believe it or not, this individual walked into a mall with her kids, very excited to go to Chick-fil-A because they obviously are loyal members in the perimeter mall. They slowly walk out of the, the, the building with their what they believe is to be their food. They get all the way to the car. And like we all do, we open the bag immediately, hand out the little packages of gold to everybody in the room, in the car in this case. And to their surprise, the chicken nuggets are not the chicken nuggets they ordered. The french fries are cold. Oh, mom, my french fries are cold. Mom, these are not the chicken nuggets I want. I want the other chicken nuggets. Oh, my God. Tasha sits there in disbelief and then looks at the mall parking lot where she's parked way far from the door. She's not about to leave her kids in the car. I really don't want to drag them all the way back into the house, into the, you know, from the car to the mall. So she makes a good decision. She goes to the Chick-fil-A outside the mall, drives up through the drive-through window. She has her loyalty membership on her app, goes to the speaker and says, hey, can you help me out? And unfortunately, she's received with, not sure if I can do that. Let me get my manager. Really? Okay. We're talking about $5.64. Drives up to the window. Manager there rudely has a conversation with her, letting and explaining her the rules that they're not affiliated. Customer doesn't care about that. How do you think that customer felt? Do you think that customer is going to come back anytime soon to Chick-fil-A? Do you think she lost, you lost that customer as a customer relationship? I'm guessing that probably she spends you know, $50 a month on Chick-fil-A. That's $500 a year on Chick-fil-A, $600 a year. Do you think she has friends? She probably has 20 or 30 friends. So you now we're up to about oh, $5,000 a year in lost opportunity cost. And those friends have friends, so we're probably up to $10,000 worth of lost opportunity. So what, what are we looking at here? How do we solve this problem? Now, before I jump right into technology, let me tell you, I've seen this before. It's okay. 
we can help you. We can ensure that the loyalty application communicates all the information necessary to all the stores within your network. Your stores are networked. In addition to that, we can assist you in prompting and the point of sale solution that you're currently installed at all the stores to provide the guidance on what to do with these situations very effectively. Can't help you with the training of your employees. That's something you're going to have to do internally or provide some guidance. But I certainly can connect the dots between the mall and the one outside the mall. Let me show you how. So what we did is we took a situation that we found on the Internet and we exploited it, yes, to our advantage. But we set a, we set a story and we also provided the point of value, the impacts of that. And people look at $5.64 and go, bah, that's not a lot. But I bet that $5.64 is close to $5,000 worth of business loss per year at that one store. And if you have that situation happening at, I don't know, how many stores does Chick-fil-A have? Let's check that out. Here, quick search. Chick-fil-A number of stores. Chick-fil-A, how many Chick-fil-A locations? They have over 2,600 stores, 47 states. Uh, that's just here in, in America's, right? And I don't think they're an international company. So uh, what is, uh, let's see, let's do the simple math on that. So 46, let's say $5,000 times 2,600. Uh, let's see, that's a lot of zeros. So that's uh, $13 million. $13 million. Do you think the customer experience team at Chick-fil-A would be interested in spending about a million and a half? in order to solve a $13 million problem? I'm pretty sure they will. So here's a great example of what simply, and I, I just did this last night. It wasn't like this was hard. You can do this with any customer. And quite honestly, if you sell technology like Oracle, or even Adobe for that matter, does audience management platform and does you know, metrics and data around activities within the loyalty aspect of the business, I'm sure the same story happens at Starbucks, happens at every particular fast food organization. And it just doesn't stop there. You could do a, a, a rail company like CSX. I've done that before. So think about it in different lights. Take a look from it from a different perspective. Always take that moment in time and say to yourself, okay, let me do a little investigative work here. Let me figure out what if I was the customer in that situation. Do some field work. I would see Alex go out into the field and make that happen. Um, who's the other gentleman? David Pacheco at Oracle would actually go to, they had a, a Michelin tire company was the company that they were selling to. So they actually brought their cars, the, the team individually went to the Michelin storefronts and experienced the entire thing and wrote it all down and built a storyline out of it. And they did the calculations of what the lost revenue would be provided the fact that you know, the experience was poor and how technology could solve some of that resulting in millions of dollars worth of savings. So, Part of storytelling is, especially for business, it's not just to tell a story. It's to connect with the individuals, connect at an emotional level, and then hit them with the ideas around what it would take from a point of value. What's the loss? So it's one thing to give them the ugly and also give them the cost to it, but you also have to provide a solution. So this story here was just found on the internet, like I said. You can go out and find these stories. They're out there. So I hope you enjoy this series. Definitely, I love uh, the uh, show that we just went through. Um, oh, what was the name of the show? Uh, I want to say Mad Hat, but it's not Mad Hat. It's uh, Mad Men. 
And uh, that's what happens when you get over 50, 54. I'm now 54. Yes, 54. So looking forward to any responses to this podcast. If you have these types of stories, please let me know. I'd love to get you on one of these calls. We can do a quick uh, video uh, call and record the conversation. This is the kind of stuff that will set you apart. This is what's meaningful, unique, and defensible. This is what is the aha moment for clients. You want that situation where the VP in that room says, yeah, good luck with the meeting with Salesforce. (laughs) Yeah, as they bring their little cupcakes in that say Salesforce on it. What did they really solve for you? Yeah, that would be nothing. So hope you enjoy this. And I'm looking forward to hearing uh, some responses. And please reach out to me. Love to get you on the podcast.